it's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. I will take her, protect her, and bring her back unharmed. I promise you that. Hey, panelists, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And Mark, I went back to our feed because we've been talking about getting ready for this 100th episode, and I was so excited. And I just realized as I'm looking at our notes that on the May 26, 2018, literally two years ago from when we were when we were recording this now, we're recording this May 26, 2020, was in the podcast details, it was the first time it was like episode six or seven, something like that. I should have wrote down the episode number where you did not refer to me as a guest host. Um, <laughs> now, of course, it's later on down the line that I start getting referred to as a co-host, and I couldn't, I didn't want to listen to the podcast to find out where. I know there was a podcast where we officially said, I guess I'm the co-host, but, uh, <laughs> um, but we're, as we get closer and closer to 100, I'm very, very excited. I'm excited at the end of this. It's not in the agenda, but I know we're going to talk about what we're going to do next, and uh I'm excited for that as well, but I'm also excited to wrap up The Witcher and uh, and look forward to the future. Oh, definitely. And with that, before we actually get into the actual episode, we should listen to Lara's feedback. Oh, nice. Think? Yeah, you didn't tell me we had feedback from Lara for Go. I just downloaded it today. I haven't had a chance to edit or do anything with it, but I got it. All right. So we'll listen to it live and see what she says. See what she says. Hi, Stephen Mark. This is Lara with my feedback on episode eight of The Witcher, much more. This was by far my favorite episode of the series. It had drama, it had action, character development, and all the feels. The only thing that was missing that would have made it a five-star episode was Yaskier. Where's (laughs) my cheeky and beloved bard? He really needs to come back and come back strong in season two. Mm -hmm. But as for the episode... All the greats of this season finale. The epic mage warfare. Something I've never really seen in a fantasy movie. Goes to show how um, just a handful of skilled sorcerers can fight against a hundred soldiers. Loved the enchanted Molotov cocktails they were throwing. (laughs) Triss's deadly magic mushrooms. And that (laughs) awesome scene where Frangilla teleported a rain of arrow fire into the walled city. (laughs) That was amazing. And speaking of Frangilla, girl, she has drunk the Kool-Aid. How can she say that there is no light magic and no dark magic? Girl, your side just straight up murdered a bunch of human sacrifices for the sake of dark magic. Yep. And Vilgeforts. Who knows which side this guy's on? When he (laughs) killed the injured mage, it certainly didn't seem like a mercy killing to me. But whatever side he is on, meow, I can see what Tosia has in him. <laughs> it was touching to see Geralt's backstory and how he was abandoned by his mother as a child. 
When she comes to him in a fever dream, it's my theory that she actually was there healing him, but possibly made herself invisible to the merchant. Hmm. I felt my heart tug for Geralt when he begged her not to go. Although I do wonder, if she is a mage, how does she have a son? Did she hmm. go through the transformation after she had Geralt? Because as we have heard from Geralt, the mages are made sterile, so they can't have any progeny. Hmm. Anyhow, maybe to be answered next season. But the most emotional scenes in the episode were in the conclusion. I loved, loved, loved the relationship between Yennefer and Tessia. Have you guys ever had one of those strict, no-nonsense teachers in school <laughs> who you think is a real ass? And then once you've graduated and moved on in life, you realize that you really learned the most from them? Exactly. I had an art yeah. teacher like that in college, and that's what Tessia was for Yennefer. When Yennefer says telepathically, Tessia, I need you, and then Tessia finds her on the battlefield and says, forget the bottle, referring to her lesson of catching lightning in a bottle. Let mm -hmm. your chaos explode. Oh, man, I got all the feels. It's as if Tessia was a mother, the mother that Yennefer had never had. As she climbed to that rock with all the negative things in her mind that anyone has ever spoken to her, she went full-on Targaryen on the Nilfgaard <laughs> army. I jumped up and cheered. And I loved that she even had enough control over her power to save Tessia. Finally, that last scene where we think that Geralt and Ciri are going to miss each other once again, <laughs> Geralt turns around just in time to finally find and embrace his child's surprise. Something tells me Geralt is going to be a daddy. And just <laughs> then, and just there, oh, sorry, traffic. <laughs> and just maybe there is a certain beautiful dark-haired sorceress out there looking for a child of her own as well. Hmm. One factoid I thought I'd share. The author of the Witcher novels, Andreas Sapkowski, I think is how his name is pronounced, grew up in communist Poland. Once you realize this and go back and watch the series, you realize that the emperor of Nilfgaard, the empire of Nilfgaard is most definitely portrayed as communist. As mm. Isrid tells oh, yeah. Yennefer when she visits oh, him definitely. in Nilfgaard, everyone gets something, but it's just <laughs> enough to survive. As yep. Yen puts it when she tries their ale, tastes like someone just pissed in my cup. Well, guys, it's <laughs> been a blast rewatching. Here's hoping that nobody pisses in your cup or... <laughs> repays you with the law of surprise anytime soon. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you, Lara, on that. And yes, everybody, that was unedited. So uh, sorry, Lara, that I couldn't get the uh, crazy cars and motorcycles. That's all right. We've had that. Way. We've had that experience here in my apartment <laughs> complex as well a few times. So since I'm not in a closet trying to record, um, or under a blanket, or under a blanket, yeah. <laughs> she makes an interesting point, and in that that I was really struggling with, and I don't think I put this in my notes anywhere. Was that um, trying to figure out that Geralt's mother was some sort of mage because she makes that apple appear out of nowhere. Yep. And I was really confused about that scene thinking, well, is somebody else actually like it was, it was confusing. And now she makes that point. So I think that's interesting that she, uh, that she says that because maybe season two, Yennefer is going to put that together or there's going to be some moment between her and Geralt where Geralt lets her know that his mother was a mage. And then she goes, mm. well, wait a minute. If your mother was a mage, how did she have a, a child and maybe, a child and maybe that's gonna uh, like yeah. laura says maybe that's gonna bring us a plot point for season two very very interesting hmm well maybe Geralt's mom 
had Geralt and that was her uh, child. Yeah, maybe uh, uh, maybe it wasn't actually her his his mother, you know, biologically, maybe that's that's uh, that's, that's possible. I, I did love the moment again, I don't think I put it in my notes when the man <laughs> tries to pay him back with the law of surprise and uh, and Geralt is just like, No, just give me an L <laughs> So I thought that was great. Yeah, exactly. And then of course when yeah. he gets to his house there at the end he shouts to his wife, Get this man an ale I thought was was really, really good. So yeah. <laughs> So the synopsis for episode eight, much more, a terrifying pack of foes lay Geralt low, or lays Geralt low. Yennefer and her fellow mages prepare to fight back. A shaken Ciri depends on the kindness of a stranger. So, yeah, this is the ultimate end to this particular season, but it leaves me wondering, confused, interested in what they do in the next oh, yeah. season there's a the lot end. of there's a lot of threads they they leave dangling there's a lot of things that they they do kind of shore up but at the same time they leave a lot of stuff for us for next season and i really like one of the things and i don't i think we talked about this early on in this rewatch is that with it only being eight episodes it, it was really some tight storytelling there really wasn't any wasted time oh, yeah if I remember correctly. And, and I think we did talk about that because Netflix often does these 10, 12 episode shows where when you watch them, you find like one or two episodes where you just go, Ugh, why is this episode here? So it's kind of cool that they kept this one to <laughs> eight. It was really tight. But saying that it ends kind of abruptly for me. And I did put that in my notes for later, but yeah, it does. And I do agree with that. So we should get on. Yeah. Our top fives. <laughs> Don't judge me. My number five is the man at the beginning. I love the fact that we have these two characters, this man and his wife, who we find out at the end is, is his wife, is the woman from the previous episode, that we have these decent, noble characters. We haven't seen that in this show, you know, except for maybe Yaskier. Really, there hasn't been anybody who's just been, like I said, noble and loyal and just a decent person like everybody has some sort of agenda or some sort of hidden thing that they're trying to manipulate into to being done and so i really like that we have these these two characters that bring our story that brings siri and Geralt together as being decent and noble people with no kind of underlying sinisterness is that a word sinisterness? yeah <laughs> sinistron or <laughs> yeah yeah whatever wasn't that a decepticon <laughs> sinistron wasn't he a... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, and I think I used that as my PlayStation 4 uh, name. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are correct in saying those things. It's like it, it's nice to see those characters that come out that are, that are just humble and nice and are able to help others. Mm-hmm. And to see that within towards the end and Geralt, like, you know, seeing that firsthand himself. My number five would be the beginning fight scene due to the old man trying to bury the Cintron casualties from Nilfgaard. Now, you know, the Witcher gets bit after he stated to the old man not to get yeah, bit. Said- because, yeah, because it would be all over according to Geralt, you know? Yeah, he says even if he gets bit, it, it would be the end. And then, you know, at the end, when the mage that heals him, whether it was his mother, whether it was Yennefer, was it, whether it was somebody else, we don't know. Maybe we'll find out mm-hmm. next season. She says to him... If his heartbeat hadn't been, whatever, four times lower than a normal human, he would be dead. So I thought that was kind of cool, just that idea that his blood... And Yennefer had brought that up early in the season where she said, your heart is beating four times slower, or or something like that, she said earlier when he uh, 
when they met at that city and uh, and he says, well, I'm a witcher. And she's like, wow, all my years, I've never actually met a witcher. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. So my number four is uh, all the preparations the different uh, mages are doing, both Fringilla's side and Yennefer's side. They're all doing these these different things. It was really, really cool, kind of cool to see how they, the mages, the I'll call them the good guy mages, the ones that are defending um, Sodden. <laughs> yeah. They're they're putting together these bottles. They're they're getting their spells ready. They're they're talking about the strategy, and then we see Fringilla, and uh, she's preparing the, these mages that she's going to sacrifice, and uh, she wants to k- kind of test the Brotherhood. So that was really cool to see that. And like Lara said in her voicemail, we've never really seen that. I, I, there may be I'd have to go back and rewatch Lord of the Rings or something like that. There may be somewhere in there we, where we have mages doing battle, but I don't think we've ever seen, at least to my knowledge any kind of this kind of magical battle back and forth. Yeah, it was a magical force battle if you think mm-hmm. about it. And we all, and usually with the Lord of the Rings it's like it was always like one wizard against another. Mm-hmm. You know, Saruman the Wise versus Gandalf right. or right. you know or Sar or uh, Sauron himself, but we never actually really saw mm-hmm. Sauron except for a big eye. But the thing is is that we never saw too ma- a lot of mages or a lot of magicians yeah. or sorceresses or sorcerers doing their thing to prepare for battle and this we got a mix of everything Mm -hmm. within it within the battle scene and to see how each are very pretty much individual as you said that you know they have their own power and they have their own incantations and how they're able to prepare for battle itself and i thought that was amazing i i thought that was pretty cool and my number four that would be uh Nilfgaard banking on getting Ciri mm-hmm. or Cirilla. They have a plan and have a mage of their own, but the attack on the people was magic and very destructive. They were fighting fire with fire at that point. They had mages that Tessia didn't see at certain points. If we, if you look at it when you rewatch it, yeah, that was an interesting. That was another one of those those things. That was a that was one of my. I'll give a little bit of a criticism of, of a storyline that was kind of dropped. Maybe they'll pick it up in the next season. That throughout the series, the season, they've been talking about that they need to catch up to Siri. And in this episode, you know, they're specific, specifically saying, well, she could have made it to this city or she could have made it to that city or, or wherever she is. And we don't know exactly where she where she is. And then one of the mages or maybe it was Kahur, I, I don't remember. Somebody says, well, we don't really need her. And then they're like, yes, we do need her. But then by the end of the episode, it's just kind of dropped. Well, I guess they all die. A bunch of them die. So yeah. they don't have the chance to kind of go after Siri. But it just it just seemed like that was one of those storylines that we didn't, for me anyway, didn't really get fleshed out as to who Siri was or is. And maybe that's what we'll see in the next season, some sort of prophecy of, of who she is. So. Hmm. Uh, my number three is just the return of all these these earlier characters that we've seen. We get to see King Faltus again, even though it's it's just for a, a few minutes. He's you know that was the father of the Striga, and yep. So we get to see him. We get to see his his army finally arrives. Geralt sees the Golden Dragon in his vision, and that's uh, uh, Stogabor. No, was it no Stogabor? Wait, 
Now I'm getting them confused. Anyway, he sees the golden dragon <laughs> and the golden dragon speaks with the voice of the guy who, who was the golden dragon in the last episode. Mm-hmm. We saw the wizard from episode one. So it was really kind of cool to, to have all these, these old characters sort of come back and we get to see them again. And that's one of those things that I don't know if I would have necessarily picked up on it if I hadn't binge watched the whole season and then went back and did a slow kind of. Yeah. You, you had to be paying attention to a lot what was going on previous to gather everything to get to this episode. And I'm glad you mentioned that we just watch it completely through and then rewatch it. Yeah. And then obviously, like I said, I, I said this a couple of times, it took me a couple of times to watch the episode again mm-hmm. to get all the finer points to figure out who's who still because honestly you could get lost yeah, with everybody yeah. that's involved it was, it you was know? really cool to have this and I, I loved the the dragon when he he makes that comment he says the same quote that yennefer says earlier on the series where she says it's magic it's not real and the dragon says the says the same thing i really thought that was again those kind of callbacks to earlier things was really really cool definitely my number three would be uh, The Witcher and his dream of his mother. Mm. You know, visions after he was bit while in the wagon. The illusions. He knows a bit about that in some respect. But, you know, and and listening to Lara's feedback, I'm thinking somewhat more of enchantment, whether it be from maybe his mother that mm. came back and enchanted him with that apple, you know, or what have you. Now he has to fight them to find the truth and fight for the right within his visions in order to get back to where he needs to. But the funny thing is, is that we don't really see him in that final battle. It's it's mm-hmm. just his story aside from that particular battle itself. And that battle, if you watch it, it's more about Yennefer mm-hmm. and everything that's revolving around the mages and that whole battle itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool that he's kind of sidelined from the main battle, the battle there at Sodden through the whole episode, because he's having his own kind of inner battle. Battle. Mm-hmm. And it's still even watching and rewatching. I'm still that scene was very confusing to me as to because there's a point where his mother calls him Geralt and he says, no, you can't give me that name because Yasimir gave me that name. And we don't know who yeah. Yasimir is. And his mother's name was very similar to Yasimir. It was like Vesemir or Vesema or like like the two the exactly. two the two names of his mother and the mage that, that made him into a witcher are very similar. And I it just was very confusing to me every time I, I watched it. But I, I, I think I got enough of a handle on it to to really understand what's going on there. Oh definitely. Um so that brings us to my number two. Correct. This is, uh, I just want to talk about, uh, for a few minutes, talk about Vilgefortz. How do you say his name? Vilgefortz? Sounds right um, to me. <laughs> I, wish we, I wish we'd seen some more of this guy. We, we, you know, we saw him in the last episode. He's the one who goes who uh, goes and gets Yennefer and convinces her to come back to Eratusa and then join the battle and all. And that sword, that magic sword thing he had where he was just pulling out sword after sword after sword was really, really cool. In that fight with Cahir, I thought it was really great. I loved Yennefer kind of being the general and directing the, the different magics. And uh, while she's directing the different mages as they're doing their attacks, she's also giving him advice on his fight with Cahir. So I thought that was really, really cool. I was pleasantly surprised that he survived 
the fight, and I'm glad that Laura that we listened to Laura's voicemail first because I was confused about who that was that he was killing there at the end. And so Laura confirms that that wasn't just I thought it was just another soldier. No, but but finding out that no, that's actually one of the mages that was helping them out. Yep. Why has he turned? Why has he done that? And maybe that that's another thread that maybe we'll get in the next season. Or so, but I, I just uh, I was really glad that he survived, and I'm I'm hoping we get to see him uh, next year. Oh, same here, and that would lead me to my number two, which would be Jennifer with the mages. You know, during the mm-hmm. fight scene, you know that was amazing. She was pretty much like you were describing a general to all these soldiers of mages. You know, they all come together and make a great battle, and like we already spoke about before, like you mentioned it. You know, we I don't think I've ever seen. A mage battle like that unless it was in a cartoon or some sort of you know dungeon and dragons encampment that i've gotten involved with you know <laughs> but yeah you know it, it's one of those that it needed to be depicted and they're all women for the yeah. most part on you know the the good side as i call with jennifer and the rest of them mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was really cool. I loved uh, that whole thing. Like I said, it, it was just I, I didn't really notice it the first time. The way she was kind of directing things and 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 telling people where to go and when to attack, and she was like, "Hold, hold, hold, wait yep. now." You know, was really really cool. Just and the fact that Tasea kind of gave her that place, and Tasea tells her that's what she's going to do. Tasea says. No, no, you don't. You're not going to go out to the front lines. You need to stay back here and coordinate the fight and and kind of hold back your chaos until you're needed. And that brings me kind of to my number one, which was I didn't notice it the first two times I watched this, either in the binge watch or the first time I watched it this week. But when I watched it the second time, I was like, Jennifer just did the superhero land um, when she and dis- when she and Sabina, uh, Sabina, Sabrina, whoever, whatever her name is, when they topple off the tower, you know, Sabina lands on her back and Jennifer just does that whole thing where she crouches down and she's got one arm up and one arm down and her, her leg is, is kind of out. And I was just like, she just did the superhero land. That's so cool. Um, and I just kind of geeked out about it for, for a minute when I saw it because I thought it was really, really cool. But then, of course, Laura mentioned it when she goes nuclear and she keeps to say alive was very nice. Yeah. And we, we see that her is alive as well. I'm assuming. I, did we see Frangilla there at the end? We must have. If we saw her. Yeah. We must have seen Frangilla as well but we don't know where Yennefer is Geralt is off in the woods and he's yelling for Yennefer and then he overhears or hears it in his mind I don't remember exactly how but he hears the man's wife say something about Siri ran off into the woods she's the girl in the woods and that Mm -hmm. reminds him of all the talk this season about the girl in the woods and then we get this very abrupt Ending where Siri says, who's Yennefer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they, they have this really nice, nice hug. And uh, and you kind of it's kind of a, you know, did she realize who he was just, you know, was he described to her at some point? I don't remember somebody actually describing what he looks like, but uh, he definitely recognized her. She must have somehow realized, oh, this is the guy who's been searching for me. Because she runs up to him, she gives him a big hug, and they have this moment. And then the last line, of course, is, who's Jennifer? So yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that, that was really, really good. you cheating on me? Who's this chick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, my, my number one would be the same, similar. You know, Jennifer taking that knife from Sabina and the explosion down below, taking out all a lot of the villagers. That was very tragic to see, 
but as you said, you know, that superhero landing. Mm-hmm. And when you when I read your notes and I was rewatching for the third time, I, the only thing I could th- keep thinking, it's like, oh, she's going to do it, like Deadpool. Yeah, she's going to exactly. do the superhero landing. Yeah. She's going to do yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It yeah. kills when, your knees. <laughs> when I caught it, the first, the, when I finally, when I saw it, I was just like, what? Like, I think I paused it and, like, backed it up and watched it again. I was like, what? what? You know, so, yeah. yeah, she just did the superhero landing. Yeah. But I, I don't think this is the real end for Yennefer because the way they left it off, Santa. Oh no, she's uh, out she, there. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna be out there. You know that her and Geralt are are gonna catch up at certain points. Uh, and I'm not gonna go into the book stuff that I kind of picked out of my friend, but mm. apparently they do do something together in time. That's all I could state. But it's kind of weird. But. Yeah, then Geralt finding Ciri at the end. You know, that was the one thing that we were all waiting for. And yeah. I had that feeling in my head that, you know, they've met before. They have in some sort of way. And it made me think of that uh, dinner, you know, where the gopher guy comes out. Oh, but that but Siri wasn't there. She though, wasn't there, but she was just she was in her mother's womb at that point. Yes. So I, I, that's what I'm saying is it's it's a little like I I can forgive that moment though. I, I'm I'm gonna forgive that moment because she has been looking for him this entire time. So it stands to reason that she knows what a Witcher looks like, or she's been told what a Witcher looks like. She knows that Geralt is exactly. A Witcher. She knows that Geralt is looking for her. So that she knows this whole thing about destiny brings people together and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, like I said, I can I can I can go with her seeing this guy and just suddenly realizing that must be Geralt and then running up to him. Or maybe the, hmm. She heard from the womb, you know? Yeah, Mm. I don't know. I know that, (laughs) hmm. I I heard it (laughs) echoing in my womb when I was there with my mom. Quit saying womb. It's, it's, it's too weird. It is. But yeah, the, it's it definitely, everything that happened to, at the very end literally basically turned into what's going to happen next season. So this yeah. kind of ended on one of those of, yes, we will continue this, but we didn't get that in wording or in any way. You well, know? yeah, you know, Netflix did give us that last card of, you know, the, there is going to be a Witcher season two. We did have that announcement yeah. before... Uh, this even started so which is which is why i'm really glad that we're doing this that we did this podcast because it's already been announced they're doing a season two so we know we're going to have at least one at least eight more episodes that we'll be able to do in the future if there ever is a future (laughs) so i'm going to do my quote first because in in the chronology of the episode my quote comes i believe my quote comes before your quote yes it does uh, i i loved when Tesea was describing what they were going to do in the attack. And Yennefer's reply is, Oh, a military strategy. We're mages, damn powerful ones. And I love, I love that damn powerful ones. Cause she's reminding all of them in that boat that look, we don't fight like normal soldiers. Yeah. Fight. So yeah, it's more strategic and they know how to use their powers. Yeah. Cunningly. And mine would be Vigglefort saying, <laughs> First, she shuns the military. Now she's mil- a military expert. And Yennefer just turns back and says, first he speaks to her as though she's not there. And then he loses a limb. <laughs> <laughs> and you know exactly where she's coming from. Yeah. So we've got a few notes here. Let's just kind of go back and forth. Sure. The time frame, it's not really clear. The time frame, which we've never really got a clear time frame. Throughout this whole season, yeah, it is kind of interesting that we get that that idea that that Siri is traveling to the house and Geralt is traveling to the house from another direction. Correct. 
with the husband and Siri is with the wife. And I, I love that scene was so touching and I don't have it in my notes, but that scene was so touching before Siri runs out of the house where the woman is saying, I haven't had, I haven't had a daughter. All I have is sons. And it would be really nice to have a daughter here. That was, it was just really touching. No, like, like if, if the woman was nefarious or had evil intentions, it would be creepy, but yes. because we know, or as far as we can tell, we know that the woman is noble and decent, that she really is just, Oh, I wish I could have a daughter here. So I thought that was really, really a, a touching scene, but just this whole idea of Siri, this, this whole Siri season has been about destiny, bringing people together. And this here at the end, this happenstance that Geralt meets the husband and Siri meets the wife. wife and, yeah. and like Laura said in her voicemail, you almost think they're going to miss each other there at the end. That they're just going to keep missing each other, but they finally are brought back. To it. it was just, it was really good. I yeah, and it, it took the husband and wife to bring them together. If you think about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I loved it. And on top of that, I, that the woman who played the wife seemed so familiar to me. And I was like racking my brain. Over she it. looks, she looks like Rose McGowan. Kind of with curly hair, a little bit. But yeah, th- that's not that's not who. The, yeah, I I think I looked up who the actress was, and she isn't anybody. But she, you're right. She looks. It's not Rose McGowan. There's somebody else that she looks a lot like, and I'm I'm racking my brain both these episodes to figure out who it is. That oh, she looks I like. <clears throat> remember the big bug movie from Paul Verhoeven. Um, mm, yes, Starship yes, Troopers. Yes, the the curly haired redhead. Um, yeah. Um. And it was it wasn't uh, oh gosh now I'm gonna have to look that up yeah it, look she's it up. a she's a she's a great actress oh yeah um, uh, what is her name Starship Troopers I know I know who you're talking about and she's she doesn't normally the thing is what's weird is she doesn't normally look like that no um is so it was it, in Starship Troopers ah, get, stop giving me <laughs> my, my phone I'm trying to check IMDb because I don't want to make Dinah no it's not her Dina Myers. It is Dina Mare. Oh, Dina Mare. Yeah, Dina Mare. Yeah, and she looks very, very different, though, in in that movie than she does in almost any other movie she's been in. And I think she like, was in Dragonheart, too, so she did play some sort of medieval kind of person at one point. She, very cool. She, yeah, so if you, you want to see a comparison, look at uh, Dragonheart that had uh, Dennis Quaid, Sean Connery, and Dina Meyer in it. Mm-hmm. So. Very good. Yeah, that's you. You got it. You you got. It. Yeah, I said Rose McGowan earlier, but that's not. You're right. Dina Meyer. That's who. That's who she reminds us of. Yeah. Mine would be. Uh, I love the enchanted bottles that the mages helped with to protect the people from Nilfgaard. It, it came in really handy during that battle. It was like a scatter grenade, if you think about it. But in the yeah. end, when Yennefer fell, all oh. those exploded like a. Like a landmine, you know, it's well, like a just yeah. Old, did just you notice? Up. Did you notice? Because that boss, because remember, Frangilla gives uh, that guy with the weird jacked up face. Yeah. She gives him this box, and she says, "Run!" And and he breaches. He actually breaches the gates, or gets this box put inside the gates of Sodden. And when it opens up, all these worms come out. And when they showed Sabina and those two boys who were dropping those bottles, they had those worms in their ears. Yes, they did. So, so the impression I got was that those worms were other were mages or some sort of whatever thing to uh, to inhabit somebody and make them do your will. And 
is so, uh, so and they yeah, were used so, to be bombs as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and then they dropped those bottles and the bottles. Yeah, that was so hard to watch. Yeah, kind of uh, with the ear, with, with the worms in the ears. It kind of reminded Ugh. me of Wrath of Khan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one, that one. I think it's it's the one in Sabina. Kind of sticks its head out and kind of looks around. Yes, and then goes back into her ear. And I was just like, ew. ew. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so my my second one is uh, you know after Virginia Virginia gives her initial attack where she says she's kind of testing the brotherhood's defenses the next morning they they say that there was only 22 of them and i think the uh the night before they had said there were 60 of them or i think Jennifer said there were 60 of them something like that mm. so they're down to 22 now so a lot of them left in the middle of the night so that's awesome and my next one would be Yennefer's way of connecting to people you know she states that she has lived mm. two or three lifetimes already but yet Tessia states that she has more to give, meaning yeah. that there are more lives ahead, which kind of predicts of what later on that we see. And we all know, yeah, she's yeah. coming back. Yeah, I can imagine. My my uh, second to last one is just really quick, just the same thing that Laura mentioned is that Frangilla using a portal. I didn't realize it until the second time I watched it this time that that's what had happened was that Frangilla used a portal and then the archers all shot their arrows into the portal and it came out the other side and attacked the people inside the gates. I was just, yeah. it was such a cool scene and a cool use of that kind of, that that magical power that I thought was really cool. Awesome. My next one after that would be Tessie's manipulation of Yennefer, mm-hmm. but yet Yennefer seems to see it before her in some respect. She sees through the deception you know. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I don't know if it was really manipulation as much as it was just I think it was like what Laura mentioned is just the fact that that what we have here is we have the hard-nosed teacher. Yeah. When you're younger who now is meeting up with you as an adult mm-hmm. and is is dealing with you on an adult level. level. I, I yeah, I I didn't really see it as deception or manipulation as much as just kind of a, almost a passing of the torch. That to say is like you're the one now who's going to exactly, take over, but, but you could see it on Yennefer's face though. As she doesn't she's, want it. She's yeah. like, what? Why? Yeah. And she doesn't want it. Like, yeah. yeah, this is you treated me horribly. Or you know, it was kind of like, are you being deceptive? Or why are you doing this? Mm. And then next thing you know, she, you know, we see the end result, obviously, but. And yeah. you had another one too, right? Yeah, just we've already actually talked about it. Just the fact that Geralt's mother uh, was a mage, and yeah. what, whether that was a dream or not, we kind of already talked about that, though. And the last one I would bring up, we already talked about it to no avail: the mushrooms of death mm. from the Nilfgaard soldiers. That was a bit creative. Yeah, very very cool. So we've already done our feedback. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the, you know, as a whole, this this whole season? I mean, we've kind of already talked about it a lot. but Oh, definitely. Yeah. I found it really entertaining. You know, it, it, you, as most, you, you have to slowly develop into it to intrigue you, which it did. Yeah. And I got into it, and I, I, I enjoyed the, like, there are key characters. I love Jennifer. I love the idea of mm-hmm. Siri. There was certain points to it where it kind of got, like, dwindling, where, you know, when... Siri was going off with that that kid. Yeah, the little elven, the elven kid who ends up abandoning. Yeah, him. that that that's another one of those storylines that kind of. Yeah, I don't know if there. There's no need to pick it back up again, but it was it, that was a little bit of a part of the story where you're kind of like, I guess we had to see her get to Brockalon Forest. We had yeah, to, yeah, we had to have her. Like there were certain story points that needed to be needed to be hit there. And, you know, then with the shapeshifter yeah. catching up to her and 
then then the kid aban- the kid abandoning her is still I'd have to go back and it it seemed like a turn to where once it was almost like he once he figured out whose granddaughter she was, there was no redemption for her. She's like, exactly. no, he's like, no, you you're just like your grandmother. Yeah, you're going to kill I, my, I'm, my my family. Yeah. And yeah. And it just didn't, that part, yeah, it gave me a little bit of an issue, I think, just didn't, of not ringing true, but maybe they wanted to get rid of that character. They didn't need him around anymore or something. Hmm. But overall, I enjoyed it, and I'm not oh, saying, yeah, yeah for sure. I, I, it's something I definitely want to look into picking up again when it comes back for the second season. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. But yeah, whenever we get a second season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've got some comic talk news that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, definitely. Marvel Disney has officially obtained the license to Namor the Submariner from Universal and is pushing the character within the MCU, according to a lot of sources online so it seems that my dream is coming true those rumblings down under wakanda <laughs> are definitely namor <laughs> or namor yeah. as it were it's gonna be interesting I, I was never a big namor fan i just i, I would just, love i would love to see an asian actor just come out as namor mm. you know it would be cool to see yeah. steven young <laughs> with some wings on his feet and <laughs> and a speedo but we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. There's a lot going on within the MCU. They have to bring out mutants. They have to bring out the X Men, Fantastic Four, and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, the only other part that I have that would be news news would be the Snyder Cut. We all know it's coming out of the Justice League. Will be available soon on HBO Max. And more and more is coming out little by little every week until that's going to happen. So keep your ears out and open to it like I have and go on YouTube because there's a lot of interviewers that are doing. They they picked up an interview with the guy who actually does the voice of Darkseid for the Snyder Cut version of Justice League. So it's out there. I recommend it. All you have to do is say, uh, you know, search for Darkseid voice interview and it'll come up. And I, I got that recently. So I would definitely look into that and uh, keep your ears and eyes open for it. You know, I, I look forward to seeing it because it's definitely, from what I'm told and from what I hear, it's a very different take than what we got in the theaters. Hmm. Interesting. I've never even seen Justice League, so I guess I'll have to watch Justice League before. Yeah, definitely. To, to it, it's, comparison. you know, everybody has their different viewpoints. It's kind of like, the way I see it as uh, if you ever watched the Richard Donner version of Superman 2 and comparison to what we got cinematically originally when it came out, mm-hmm. it's two completely different movies, in my opinion. Yeah, I've seen parts of that. I've, I've tried to get it on disc and I think I, I got it. I thought I got it somewhere, but maybe I didn't. So I, I need to watch that again, the Donner cut. Yeah, it's it's too. really cool to see. I know it's got more oh, Marlon Brando yeah. in it, which, which I'm yeah, all in Yeah, and, and the story takes a little bit of a twist. But uh, I always highly hmm. recommend it. And it's funny, as I since I have the box set of Superman on DVD, yes, it's on DVD. I don't have Blu-ray. But um, yeah. they give you the uh, Donner cut of that. And I always seem to draw myself to that than the actual movie that I grew up on with. Yeah. Like I said, I thought I had it, but I recently went looking for it in my library and couldn't find it. So 
That's something I recommend. So uh, a couple of podcast recommendations. Uh, the Spotlight with Ben Beck on the Next Level Podcast Network. He interviewed actor MC Ganey on the May 20th episode. That was from last week. A highly, oh, yeah. very entertaining guy MC Ganey is. The uh, the quality, uh, the phone quality was a little, gave a little bit of trouble in spots, but uh, it's definitely worth a listen to. The Spotlight with Ben Beck here on the Next Level Podcast Network. And then this week... They are uh, on We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited. They are they are talking to MC Ganey. I think both Kristen and, and Ben are going to talk to MC Ganey just about Lost. So this week's episode, I highly recommend checking out this week's episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Definitely. Revisited. Definitely. And I have to add Strange Indeed with Rima on Podcastica. And she's doing a lot now with a lot of multiple guests lately. And I'm intrigued at what she has mm. planned next. And you, sir, were... On the last one, I did. I was on last week. Strange indeed. We we reviewed Gerald's game. Had a really really good time. Uh, went about an hour and a half, but much longer than I thought we were we were gonna go. And uh, just had a really good time. Rima, Rima and I and, and Mark, we've all met each other in in real life and uh, are very yeah. just good friends. And uh, that's that's what it was like. It was like just having a conversation uh, about <laughs> a, a disturbing movie, but uh, <laughs> but it was good. We worked through it. It was cathartic, and uh, I highly recommend uh, checking out uh, Strange Indeed, especially last week. There you go. Was a special guy. <laughs> <laughs> and with YouTube recommendations, with all the the reopening of states, uh, I would say I'd highly recommend Tim Tracker on YouTube. He he does a YouTube with his wife about the Disney parks, and I think this is a good thing to watch at this point when people are looking to go back. And now that with Disney looking to reopen, they have a uh, he went to a press day where they were able to go into one of the the Disney, not parks, but recreation centers where they have restaurants and things of that nature. And it gives you a good perspective of what what he was able to take Mm. video of and talk to the people that work there on how the guidelines are going to be when you go to those parks. So I highly recommend if you are looking to book your Disney vacation or you Mm. already have, look into that to know what to expect when you're out there because... Things are not like what they used to be, and you can't really be in like a congregated area as you used to. So a lot of social distancing, there's going to be people there to guide you, there's going to be a lot of hand sanitizer use, and stations around, as well as sinks, and things to wash your hands with, and it's something I highly recommend. So if you guys are out there, you're looking on Mm -hmm. doing something in vacations of that respect to in the florida area i recommend those very cool well you can submit your feedback to us oh actually before we get to our feedback section mark let's talk about what we're gonna do next or what we're thinking about doing next. oh that's a done deal you said it if you want is it is all right if you if if so those of you that that know or may not know tnt has uh Started as a new show called Snowpiercer based on the graphic novel, the French graphic novel that the 2013 Snowpiercer movie was based off from as well. It stars Jennifer Connelly, i.e. a.k.a. Mrs. Paul Bettany. <laughs> that guy. Um, and um, Captain America himself. David. David uh, no, he's in the movie. Yeah. Chris Evans is in the movie. Yes. But in the TV show, it's Jennifer Connelly and David Diggs. Yes. Are, are in the and there's a, a some very lovely actors i've watched the first couple episodes but uh, next week or the week after depending on how the scheduling works out we are going to 
record one episode at a time of the new TV show Snowpiercer. So if you have TNT or access to the TNT app, I highly recommend it. It's I love the show. I've watched the two episodes and I'm in. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing. So if you get have a chance to check out Snowpiercer, you can send your feedback to us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash panels to pixels or send us an email at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The TO spelled out right there in the middle. The number one at gmail.com. You can also send us a voicemail. We have, have we ever gotten a voicemail from besides me on the phone line? No, no. L- literally what Lara does is record it and sends it through email. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what most people do. But we do have a phone number if you want to give us a call. You can give us a call at 845-350-2095. And we also have a YouTube channel, which is Panels to Pixels Podcast. Check it out on YouTube. You can find us on any of your podcast player choice, hopefully. Just search for Panels to Pixels, and uh, we're right there on Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes. There's a bunch of them out there. Yeah. Whatever you use, if you're able to give us a review, I want to apologize. Next week I will have, there was a couple of reviews from March that I don't know how we completely missed them. I will have them in our agenda next week to share with you. And if any new reviews come in from Apple iTunes or any other location, we will be sharing those or Podchaser. You could uh, actually acknowledge us through Podchaser if you wanted to as well. Very cool. So where else can listeners listen to us? Well, I'm a co-host on The Walking Dead Talk Through with Brian Malosh and Kyle McAdams. We review The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead and the world beyond when they are on. Right now we're in uh, obviously in a hiatus mode. We're not sure when exactly when The Walking Dead you know, season finale will come and we'll jumpstart into Fear the Walking Dead and the world beyond and uh, until then we are trying to come up with a few good things we just had a uh, interview with Lindsley register and she just put out a movie called scorn so you could actually check out that particular interview on the walking dead talk through which you could find through apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts it's also available on spotify as well as on youtube so we kind of threw out the video so you could actually see me and Brian <laughs> interview Lindsley on YouTube. So we did a rough, you know, just like we just threw it out there. So check that out. It's open to the public and anybody can see it. I had fun doing it and I look forward to doing that hopefully in the near future with a bunch of uh, celebrities. I'm trying to reach out for not just for this podcast, but the other podcasts on talk through media where you could actually listen to the walking dead talk through fear the walking dead talk through let's talk through or the picard cast or uh star trek discovery podcast you can hear my voice uh right here of course every week on panels to pixels or every other week depending <laughs> on how we how we do with our scheduling life yeah. circumstances life things happen and uh, i i send voicemails to tv podcast industries love those guys over there they are they are reviewing penny dreadful city of angels and uh, they help me out so much. There are so many things that I miss in Penny Dreadful City of Angels that I'm so thankful for those guys. And in fact, I email them maybe a couple times a week with something that I that I realized from their podcast that I, I just absolutely loved. So uh, definitely check them out. Hear me. You can hear my voice on there. As, as Mark already said, I guest hosted on Strange Indeed last week. So you can find me there. And uh, you never know where Definitely. my voice is going to pop up. And for those of you that are interested, if you would like, eventually we'll turn into a Patreon. We're not sure yet. But hopefully one day we could actually do, do something where it is kind of a community get-together. 
where if you guys have anything you want to talk to, eventually we'll do that. And then just like with how Steve was talking about podcast industries, a bunch of our friends got together, including Derek, and we just had a night of just hanging out and just talking comic movies and shows, things that we love, and that's what we do as friends. So hopefully, eventually, we will be able to bring that through as well with this particular podcast. Whether it be a Patreon or something, I don't know. We'll find out. That's it. It's something to work through. (laughs) And with that, that is our show this evening. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I am Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. And we'll see you on the next panel. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.